Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Wright, and I am joined once again mm. by Matt Lalloyan. It's been a minute. Yeah. Welcome back to uh, to the hot seat. I'm yeah. Sorry, it's the, the B-Side hot seat yeah. after uh, a month off. How's it feel yeah. to be back, man? It's it's really good. Um, well, it's been like two months, right? Because we had December. With oh, Advent I guess that's too. technically true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is good to be back and yeah, excited that we're starting this new series in Colossians. Um, you and Anthony did a great job, by the way, in January with, um, we get to hear some updates and some more, a little more story focused, but also practical application focused for our mercy and justice month on foster care and the different organizations we partnered with and updates from the, the Rogers and Dunn's. That was all, that was all great. So thank you guys for running with that. I thought that was a great month and it was fun to listen. Uh, and not hear what well, I don't typically listen, I guess when I'm, when I'm on this side, yeah, of it, I'm like, I'm like, I already know how that yeah. went when we recorded it, but, um, yeah, I thought January was great. And now I'm looking forward to, to Colossians. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited too. I've been reading ahead of time and mm. I even texted you like a couple weeks yeah. ago where I was like, man, there's some good stuff packed even into these first, this yeah. first chapter, even of totally. just like some beautiful symb- symbolism and imagery that's Harkening back even to like some of the stuff we talked about in Exodus, which is wild yeah, uh, that's to, right. to think through. So that's I'm really right. excited about Colossians. It's a really beautiful book. It is. Um, anything we... else though? I was oh, going to say, yeah. any other surprises that's happened for yeah. you in uh, in our in our time off? Uh, yeah, I mean, that... this is the first time I've been back since we received, I think, our first ever official gift directly given to the B Side Podcast, right? So in December, uh, a longtime listener and sometimes a question submitter to our B-side, yeah, which we love, uh, sent us a coffee mug that says on the one side, Jude 1, (laughs) Jude chapter 1, verse 9, uh, B-side podcast with a nice Liberty Key logo on there uh, in a direct reference to when we were in the, toward the end of the series about Moses's life. And we're talking about like what happened with Moses's body. I think that was our last episode. Was our last one. (laughs) So Jude, Jude 9, Jude verse 9 is the one about the archangel Michael disputing with the devil about the body of Moses. And I think I made kind of a like a tongue-in-cheek comment during that episode that like, this isn't like your coffee cup verse, right? And then this listener proved me wrong by sending us a coffee cup you with that verse. You walked right in into that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, to all of our listeners, it is a glorious sight. As soon as I saw it, I died. That oh yeah. Laughing. Oh, it's phenomenal. And it's going to, it's going to be a fixture now in our, in our B-side podcast recording studio. Yeah. If I ever see this ending up into like our, you know, kitchen stash yeah. of mugs. You're claiming it. It's mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, second thing I want to refute from yesterday. Ooh, okay. Uh, second service. Uh, we joked about the J team thing. Jordan Jenna and Jordan. And I, yeah. But uh, the A team reference. Yes, I did get. Oh, good. Okay. Reference. Okay, I'm glad. It was Jordan that had knew nothing okay. about the A team. Okay, good clarification. I just wanted to clarify. Yes. You know, I'm, good a young, I'm a young millennial, but I have older millennial siblings and yes. the boomer dad. So little A team. I know about the A team. Okay, good. That's that's good. 
Bob and I were like, okay, we're, we're, we're apparently another generation of our staff team now when yeah. we had that come, but that's good. good and, uh, hey, you got a Mr. T Super Bowl commercial. There was Mr. A Mr. T well. appearance. So I'm just saying, I just wanted to refute that for the record <laughs> on recording. Uh, I'm a young millennial, but I am not that young. Okay. So yeah. all that aside, um, so switching gears yeah. and we just wrapped up. Uh, our, our annual Mercy and Justice Month where we were looking at Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes and, and, and specifically, what does it look like for us to be the people of God, to be a people, not just by marked by mercy and justice, but people that are directly changed and transformed by the word of God to be agents of mercy and justice as a reflection of that transformation. So we've, we've done that. Yeah. And now we're marking this new journey with Bible studies kicking back off this week. Yeah, uh, We're kind of getting back into our busy season of what it is to be uh, a local church in the spring. And yeah. we kicked off yesterday our new series in Colossians. Yeah. So you frame this, and I thought this was really helpful. These first eight verses as Paul's expression of gratitude, mm-hmm. of, of gospel gratitude yeah. uh, for this church yeah. at Colossae that he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. Yeah. Most of these people, no, apart right. from Epaphras, we we talked about him a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Um, so why don't you maybe just set up for us a little bit, Matt? What what did you cover yesterday? Yeah. Um, and maybe uh, for like you you gave some goals yesterday mm. of 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 what you would like to see out of this series. So yeah. what are you and our elders and even just like leaders here at Liberty hoping yeah. for with this series in Colossians? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I mean, I I. I really think it's true. It's maybe arguable, but, but, uh, Colossians is maybe the most Jesus centered, you know, Jesus sufficiency explicit book yeah. that we have in the Bible. It's right. just, but it's, it's Paul. It's, it's interesting that he's responding to false teaching and that becomes evident in a couple of different parts of the letter, but way less than like directly attacking the false teaching. He, he gives us like the clearest glimpse of the authentic rather than kind of being yeah. consumed by the counterfeit. He's all about, well, this is the genuine yeah. thing. And so some of the goals, I think I mentioned yesterday that, that, you know, this is a series for Christians and it's a series for non-Christians for Christians really to just be renewed in that. I think there's, there's this constant temptation that comes from within and without us that we need to add something to the good news of Jesus to be complete, to be, to have satisfaction in life. Yeah. And we just kind of pick up, um, along the way, these things that kind of stick to us of like, Mm -hmm. that feel like they're non-negotiable now. Got to have all these other pieces that are part of our life too. Yeah. And so for Christians that, that do believe uh, that Jesus is sufficient and that is satisfying, that he is incomparable to use our series title, yeah, just a renewal in that, just a reminder and a renewal to live in light of that. And then for people that are considering Christianity or are not Christians and maybe, you know, maybe once were and kind of have, have left and still kind of hanging in there with that in some way, mm-hmm. just that they would really consider the, the claims of, of Jesus in this. I, I think there really is something powerful in these in these words of Paul about the supremacy of Jesus over everything else. Mm-hmm. And there's a hymn that we'll get to at the end of chapter one. So not this Sunday, but but a couple Sundays out. Um but it really is like one of the most beautiful texts in all of the New Testament about Jesus. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. Verses 15 through 20. So we'll, we'll get there in a couple of weeks. And uh yeah. So my hope in that is that there just be an opportunity for for people who are asking those questions to really consider who Jesus is, what he's done, to even be willing to put Jesus up against the other stuff that they've looked to for satisfaction in life and say, all right, I'm yeah. going to actually really give that uh, an, a, a shot to realize, is, is, is this true? 
And is there actually the promise of, of real fullness of life here? Yeah, I was kind of reflecting when you were talking about Colossians as a book yesterday as being like maybe the most Christocentric book that we have in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Philippians 2, that's often called the Christ hymn, yeah. right? Where yep. there's this beautiful song that's written about similar themes that we see in Colossians. But yeah. the whole book of Colossians yeah. is kind of this song of a beauty of uh, you said the two yep. words two s words supremacy and sufficiency yep. of christ yesterday yeah um and we're not i'm not i don't think we need to define that right now because you're gonna unpack that i think later in the series it goes yep. more in depth and what that actually means and what it is but um to think about this whole book as a as a christ hymn in of itself is actually i think maybe really helpful framework of this uh for us as we go yep. into this series i think um, so so with all those kind of like generic goals of yeah, the series yeah. in mind, what did you cover yesterday? How did, how did we kick off our series? Uh, what were your, your big points, main ideas, yeah. uh, some highlights for, for the folks? Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, as you mentioned, gospel gratitude, like there's a, there's a real sense of gratitude that Paul opens his letter with. And so breaking that down into, into four parts, we talked about the gospel miracle, mm-hmm. really that, that there is a church in Colossae that they're, and just kind of unpacking what Paul says about the Colossian Christians in his opening, that they're saints, yep. that they're siblings, they're part of the family of God as brothers and sisters, that they're in Christ and that there's grace and peace to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really, uh, just incredible, there's a miracle of what the gospel accomplishes in, in anyone. Yep. And when a church exists anywhere, that's a miracle. Um, and maybe particularly in this case, it's, it's fascinating to think about how Paul wasn't the one who planted it too. And he's talking about how that happened mm. through him, but indirectly as a heard the word of God through Paul and then took it back to his hometown. So gospel miracle, gospel marks, he's thanking God for the faith, hope, and love that he sees evident in the Colossians lives. Mm. Um, talked about that a little bit. Gospel multiplication, verse six of Colossians one is about the gospel bearing fruit and growing or increasing Mm-hmm. Not only in the Colossians, but also around the whole world. Yeah. So we really lean into more the global multiplication of the of the gospel there. And then the last point was gospel ministers, where he gives spe- uh, specific um, attention and and thankfulness for Epaphras mm-hmm. and the role that he has played, uh, both to be a beloved fellow servant with Paul and with the apostles that are ministering in, in those places around the world, but also on behalf of the Colossians specifically in the work he's done there. Yeah. So like zooming in really quickly. So the point of this podcast is to equip our Bible studies to yep. have really helpful conversations, not just about the sermon, but about the text that we're in. And we can do that a little bit easier because we have smaller chunks of scripture this go around, mm. which I'm hype about. Absolutely. Uh, we're not covering three or chapter. four chapters yeah. of, <laughs> yeah. of Exodus, you know, uh-huh. in one go. Uh, we're looking at eight verses this week, guys, yes. which is awesome. Yes. But I, I do, so that first point, gospel miracle, I thought yeah. your application point was really good. Mm. Ask one person this week to share their story yeah. of of coming to salvation yeah. and celebrate that. Absolutely. I think our, our Bible studies are a perfect venue for that. Completely. But do you have any maybe parameters of how to do that in a way that isn't going to take up your whole Bible study? Uh, yeah. Because I think you can very quickly get lost in that. Yeah. What are ways that we can celebrate the work that God has done in yeah maybe some bite-sized pieces yeah. to kind of start and kick us off, but not live there for our Bible study this week, Matt? Yeah, that's a great practical consideration. Um if for those of you who are in covenant and have kind of done some of that work to come up with a snapshot that we share on covenant entrance days, that could be something to kind of be a, a, a launching point for your story. Cause you've already kind of thought about 
maybe some of the highlights to share in a yes. succinct manner rather than kind of walking through your your whole life. Um, so I'd maybe encourage you to do that. If that's something that you haven't ever done before, if you haven't ever worked on kind of writing your your story or testimony, um, that could be something if someone asks you, maybe you say, I would love to do that. Would you give me a couple days or whatever to, yep. to think through it and kind of think about what I would really want to highlight in a, in a defined period of time, a five yep. or 10 minute maybe window. I think there's great opportunity, you know, this is something to explore maybe long-term with Bible study groups, if they're going to be together for, for a longer season too. Yep. Um, there's, there's some like, you know, bigger exercises where you kind of do things like storyboards yep. or something like that, where if you want to, yeah. and maybe even as we get through a series like this and, and groups that are going to kind of keep rolling through like a summer together, right. there may be opportunities in that to kind of pull back and go, why don't we just take one person a week yeah. and have them walk through. So Maybe that's a future thing to kind of earmark for, yeah. for later, but yeah, the same a helpful framework framework for that more model yeah. that Anthony and I have used are uh, basically it's six H's pretty much. Mm. So uh, it's heroes, huh. hobbies, high times, hard times, hand of God, and then hot seat. Wow. Uh, so you walk through. I mean, I love the, you know, I love the alliteration. Know. You know, that's speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. we did not come up with this, it was a friend of ours that was in crew mm. in college. They used that as their formatting. Huh. And it, it gets you some helpful handholds to frame the conversation. Yeah. But then the hot seat is within a reason. Yeah. People can ask you any follow-up That's question. great. That's great. Um, and it's, you know, it's vulnerable. Yeah. But we've used that model and we, we really Mm. enjoy and find it helpful. It's good. So yeah. uh, that's another one to maybe think about. Yeah. Um, it's good. Moving on. So gospel multiplication. So yeah. we've got some questions in this realm, yeah. um, but we were, we're kind of talking about this idea. So it says the gospel continues to increase. To, it's it's fruitful and multiplying yeah. um, all around the earth, but specifically Paul's highlighting in, you know, amongst the Colossians here yeah. in this book. Um, and all of these things that we're seeing here. And you mentioned in, in this conversation, um, that this is marking like our primary allegiance to Jesus yeah. and to nothing else. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and one of the ways that you indicated that the text is doing this is through that greeting of grace and peace. Yeah. Um, so we had one questioner asking about that because you you kind of yeah. mentioned that this is taking a Greek word and a Hebrew word and kind of pushing the ideas at each other and creating a new paradigm. Yeah. Um, so our one of our listeners asked the question, could you speak a little bit more about the Greek roots of the word grace? Because you spoke a, a, a decent amount to shalom, to mm-hmm. peace. Um, but what about the Greek word grace there? Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, there was a word kind of like we would maybe say like sincerely would sign a letter, like mm-hmm. an in- interesting part of like letters in the, in the first century and kind of this Roman world was that they kind of put the, what we never typically put at the end. Like we sign our letters at the end, like, yeah. you know, sincerely Matt, you know, yeah. I, that's how I'd sign my letter. Like in, in the, in Paul's letters and the epistles, it's always like the first thing he says is his name. It's like, here's who's writing it. It's Paul, it's Timothy working with him to do it. Um, and so there was a Greek word and I'm trying to look up the specifics here of that, um, that, uh, that was, there was a fairly common introduction to Greek letters and, uh, charis is like the Greek root word for that. 
Um, there was a modification. That's what I was trying to, to find here um, quickly. I but, think it's Karen is like the greeting that was used in okay. Greek culture. So I pulled that from the preaching the word commentary. Nice. Yeah. From- and a couple of the commentaries that we've used, which that was another good question someone asked this week too, um, speak a little bit more. So if you want to do a little deeper dive into it there. But Paul essentially takes that that common word that was used in, in greetings in a Greek Gentile kind of culture. And he actually then uses the, the the very loaded word in the New Testament, grace to you, yeah. which he will go on to unpack further in this letter and in all of his letters, which is talking about the unmerited favor yep. of God upon you through the work of Jesus Christ, because you're in Christ. Yeah. And so he takes that where like your typical Greek listener audience would go, oh, okay, I get the root of that word. You're applying it very specifically to mm-hmm. people that are in Christ, as he's saying there in that same verse in the opening. And then the, the the Jewish background listener, the Hebrew, you know, those who speak Hebrew would go, oh, I get the word peace. That's a loaded word from a from a Jewish background. Yeah. Context. So that's um that's a little bit of the, the background. Yeah. I love this little end of the section from the preaching the word commentary. And mm. it says, uh, greeting fellow believers with this word. Uh celebrated the work of grace in their their lives you are a recipient of god's unmerited favor praise god for his grace this is indeed wonderful it is also a commissioning to live under that grace yeah that's good um so may you be a grace taker maybe may you have the disposition of independency and humility that makes you a ready receptor of god's grace so i love that a ready receptor of god's grace yeah as you like start and and actually this is a great bookend, right? So so Grace opens the letter and then Grace is what closes the letter of Colossians two. Yeah. So there's a fun let like he's he's setting yeah. them up at the start to be may you be a receiver of grace. Then he's gonna dive into like the substance behind that word. Yeah. And but also carriers word. of his grace, yeah. like the multiplication point too, totally. which is awesome. Totally. Uh to kind of think about how he's using those things masterfully yeah. in, in the book. So really briefly, you mentioned this, but uh the this questioner was also asking if there's any commentaries that you would recommend or any other resources you recommend for Colossians. Yeah, we have I mean, there's a number of them that are good. I mean, preaching the word commentary is a fantastic one and it's very um it's very application. It's, it's really like sermons. It is from Kent Hughes and in in this specific one for uh, for Colossians, and it's easily accessible. Yeah. So uh, if you have an ESV online subscription, that's right. It, it's there. I forgot that all of those are available now through the ES, ESV online. You can get the Bible part for free, but if you want the study Bible or other resources in there, there's like additional subscription type stuff you can do. And one of the packages, maybe all of them, has that preaching the word commentary. Uh, that would be a great one. The other one we've recommended to several people is just called Colossians for You. It's actually Colossians and Philemon together for you, uh, which is a whole series. The for you is a whole kind of series of commentaries that are, they do a good deep dive into it, but they're not as academic as some commentaries are. So they don't require you to like know some of the other academic resources that out that they rep, they refer to and how all that works. Yeah. Um, that one is written by Mark Meinell, M-E-Y-N-E-L-L. Okay. Uh, Colossians and Philemon for you. So that's one we've we've sent out to some of our uh, our Bible study group leaders in particular. If you're in a Bible study group, we sent that to. Them. I think Pastor Bob sent that to them probably three or four weeks ago as like a recommended additional resource if people yeah. want them. So feel free to to grab that as well. Yeah, of course, and that's really helpful. And I'm actually um, this isn't a commentary, but mm. it is a this is a at his feet. It is a mm. resource for women to yeah. study the Bible well. Yeah. 
I met these guys at uh, the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference uh, while I was working for ABWE. Yeah. Uh, and they just released a study on Colossians that I have been digging into on my. And so That's it's awesome. it's got good good questions. It's written by a licensed therapist. Yeah. And then they have a seminary grad that writes their commentary section, huh. a teaching section with it. So it's a yeah. it's a good bite-sized resource that mm-hmm. aids you in your study of Colossians. So for my, my ladies and even guys, like the questions they're asking are gender specific yeah. per se. Uh but yeah. that's a a little bit more of a bite-sized resource that might be helpful that has a little bit of commentary baked into it. As yeah. Well. That's so right. I'm enjoying that in that's my great. own study. Um let's kind of maybe get to a little bit to in this gospel multiplication point you also refuted Christian nationalism man. <laughs> uh you know uh, you joked at the end of the sermon yesterday like man we've really done the new testament we're crying we you know we <laughs> refuted, refuted Christian nationalism all these Yeah we've offended whatever. some people uh, we've encouraged some people yeah yeah, um, yeah so you know let's jump into Christian nationalism sure, on sure. our podcast um yeah. maybe first yeah would you speak to why yeah. um, the kind of a, the allegiance to Jesus here that we see? Yeah. I think there's an attachment of this grace and peace. Yeah. But specifically, even if we, the faith, hope, and love triad, the hope is something that is inheritance, sure. a heavenly inheritance. So, like, there's a tie-in, I feel like, of those themes of where your allegiance is yeah. and where your reward is. Yeah. Um, how does that even address Christian nationalism, first yeah. of all? Yeah. And then we'll get into like the listener question here because it's there's several layers here, but let's start. Yeah. There. Yeah. And I was using that word kind of to intentionally be a little bit provocative. What? Right. I know. You can, yeah. No idea. Well, and because in, in some sense, that term is pretty convoluted now. Like it's, it originally meant something pretty narrow and specific. Right. And now it's kind of been used by by people in the secular world to kind of condemn Christians for bringing any of their Christianity into their view of politics. Yeah. yeah. So now there's people that have like embraced the term Christian nationalism that that didn't really embrace the original meaning of it. Um, and even the original meaning of Christian nationalism has a whole range and spectrum of what people mean by that. Yeah. So we're just maybe to help narrow the conversation a little bit because that's a massive topic. Yes. Big books written on this topic, but um. I, I think there's room for faithful Christians to have different perspectives about foreign policy. Correct. Uh, politically, what does it look like to be nationalistic? Because yeah. we want to, we're in a specific time and place and we want to care about that place and still engage with other people around the world. But, to, you know, how does that affect our foreign policy and how we navigate immigration? And how, like, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. complicated things there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even personally, it's like, is is it the best approach to have like a global order of things that dictate or is it better for for individual nations to have their own sovereignty okay i'm i'm more of like i think it's good for nations to have their own sovereignty mm-hmm. thing. so um just to narrow down the topic here my my thing to your point about the identity piece is that christians primary identity is to god yep. is to the kingdom of god the family of god which is especially explicitly through jesus made up of people of every tongue and tribe and nation right it is it is and it is marked by the things we see in these first six verses. Completely. Yeah. That we are that there is no Jew or Gentile. Right. We are one in Christ. That we are siblings and brothers and sisters with people from all of those different nations and tongues and tribes. Right. That we have way more in common and that that identity matters way more than even how we navigate stuff in our own home home country. So um so for me the, I think the way I said it just to just to stand out a little bit was like you know you can have your different perspectives when it comes to foreign policy politics and foreign policy 
when it comes to the gospel increasing and multiplying, there is no such thing as a Christian nationalist. Like we're all globalists when it comes to the gospel multiplying, yeah. or we're really, or we've really missed the point of Christianity right. altogether. And so I, I think, you know, just to, there, there might be some offshoots and conversations that, that would be good to have there, but I would really want to encourage you to focus your Bible study group discussions on our primary identity, our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of God, the family of God, mm-hmm. and and is our do our political or foreign policy views, even though we can have a range of those, are they robbing us of actually this this sense that we are that we have a, a bigger and more important allegiance, a more fundamental identity? Um, I think that's where I'd want to focus your conversations, as opposed to all the potential offshoots that the Christian nationalism could kind of get get you on. Right, and I, I think that's like really helpful handholds, and maybe we don't even need to go into even more detail there. I mean, sure, I, I never sure. thought the morning after the Super Bowl, you know, with my brain <laughs> firing at little cylinders because I was up too late last night, mm-hmm. that I'd be um, addressing the one world government versus sure. you know individual nations, sure. whatever. Yeah, um, never dreamed I would be doing that. Yeah. you know. Uh, on the the Monday after Super Bowl, but I think those are helpful handholds. Knowing that like both of these extremes mm-hmm. are actually antithetical to the multiplication of the gospel, for sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, one is pursuing a unity that is mm-hmm. people driven, and yeah. one is pursuing isolationism. Sure, that is has a greater allegiances to the temporal state that we're a part of above right. the That's kingdom right. of God. Yeah. So they both have ditches. Yeah. They're both wrong, and I would yeah. say antithetical to the gospel, yeah. and, but for different reasons. That's right. Um, they're both human attempts at making their own kingdom. They I'll are. say it that way. They are. Um, and so to zone in then, okay, but like what are the distinctives of the kingdom that we can draw from this text mm-hmm. and ask ourselves, are we falling, falling into the pitfalls of either of these kingdoms? is a really helpful paradigm yeah. and a, a more digestible conversation to have at the Bible study level. No doubt. Um, no doubt. Would you any anything else you would add to that that discussion, Matt, at all? No, I, I think um yeah, and, and the more you do a deep dive with people and you've been together longer and maybe explore these things, like there's a real beauty to the diversity that shows up around the throne of God in heaven. Like they're um just like ethnicity, just yeah. like race, um, there's nations there. So like there's something that still continues into eternity. That's it's not like it's a sameness that kind of like like makes us all exactly the same. Right. There's still differentiation and yeah, distinction between people. Sure. But there's a real like in the in the you know in the consummation of all things, in the restoration of all things, that I those identities are just so clearly the 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 massive backseat to this primary identity of like we are we belong to God. We mm-hmm. we are worshipers of God. And so to lean into that specifically, you know, it's a, it's an election year. It's a politically charged year. <laughs> it's always things that like are creating tension points in the, in like, you know, that for us with a, a church for people with different views on it, but maybe really going, how do we keep this identity as being part of the global Christian movement, the global right. family of God? How do we keep that identity as primary, even though we're going to navigate this other stuff nationally? Right. Um, that's maybe the, yeah, the way to kind of take that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's And, and I, I think that's even like a helpful transition point, even the, the concept of their other question. So mm-hmm. you talked about after this, right, optimism. Yeah. Uh, so as you become more globally aware, there's mm-hmm. a biblical precedent, but there's also the practical precedent of that. Uh, right now, 
in our context mm -hmm. in North America, in central Pennsylvania, it yeah. can feel like the opposition is loud sure. and that churches are dying yeah. and the post COVID uh, Christendom is awash sure. Um, sure. and churches are closing and all the things and we can kind of wallow in that. Yeah. Um, but see the seeing the bigger picture that the gospel is flourishing and expanding all yeah. over the world. And you mentioned some of those places yesterday. So right, we have a questioner that's kind of like asking about that, like a little bit. They're getting to that, like, okay, but their optimism is fine, but where we're at, okay. So I want to know as a Christian in the dying church in mm -hmm. the US, what what can we do to bring people to Christ? Yeah. What are we doing wrong? Are we pushing people away that we should be accepting, uh, or, or you know, accepting people we shouldn't? Um, or so are we capitulating maybe even the culture there? Sure. Um, are we not showing our Christian virtues in our daily life? Mm -hmm. um, Matt, do you have any helpful you know parameters for how to maybe get to the content of that, the substance of that, uh, in your mm -hmm. Bible studies this week? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a big question. There's a lot of specific kind of things that, that start to come to mind there. Yep. Um, I really, so we, we've used the term at different, different seasons of, of our church. And I, I just keep coming back to this idea of faithful presence, mm. um, that there is a need to be faithfully present and by presence, both in our, in our actions. And, and this person's talking about showing our Christian virtues in daily life, yep. but also in our words, because I think we're, it's, it's really fascinating how in spite of the people increasingly statistically that are, that are kind of claiming no, um, no religious affiliation, there's seemingly less and less like complete atheism too. Correct. There's just a lot of like it's spiritual long. interest and yeah. Spiritualism is cool again. Spiritualism is cool. Spiritual practices are in kind of, kind of buffet style piecemealing your own approach to things is, Which is in the context of Colossians. This buffet of paganism refuting. and Jewish rituals and Christianity. It's kind never of all. explicitly clear yes. what the teaching is that Paul is refuting. Completely. It seems like it's this mixture of stuff yep. in, in the missions world. That's what we call syncretism. This, yep. this taking a bunch of stuff and putting Jesus even in with that in a lot of cases. And what comes out is not, christianity that's right. anymore that's right um which is interesting that's right so I, I i mean maybe to kind of take a massive topic and distill it down to some next steps i think um first and foremost shrink it down to like what do you actually have an ability to be present in yourself and to have some influence in hmm. and the first question to ask would be like how do you know people and hopefully you do that don't know and follow jesus right and um how many kind of relational touch points are you getting with them? You know, are you, cause different, different of us from our jobs and our, um, our, our hobbies and schools, our kids go to like work. Some of us have to work harder or not as hard to be around people that aren't Christians. And so it's, that's, I think a, a baseline question for accountability purposes yeah. for sharpening each other in, in Bible study groups. Do we know non-Christians? Do we love non-Christians? Mm. Um, do we find ourselves, you know, to, you know, weeping and pounding the table over the fact that they don't know Jesus. Um, I think that's this mo that's this place to start. And then from that, there's lots of great follow up. Okay, how like you know, do I actually know them enough to know kind of what does motivate them, or what? Wh why do they do some of the things that they do, or believe some of the things that they believe? And am I able to start engaging on that? So I think there are. It's yeah, yes, we should be showing our Christian virtues in our daily life. Um, 
yes, we should be willing to uh, articulate what we believe and how it is different and distinct. So, yep. which would which would open us up to like attack and different forms of you know maybe marginalization and things like that. Um, but I really want to I really want to take it maybe out of the theoretical broader yep. like what's happening in culture at large and shrink it down to just be like, well, tell me about your life. Who are the non-Christians you know? Yeah. And what do you know about them that is the reason that they're not Christians? And is there anything from yeah. a conversational or serving kind of standpoint that you feel like would maybe help you could do that could move the needle yeah. in that for them? Yeah. Where does your life overlap with people that are different? Mm-hmm. Like, where does your life over? I, I like the question of where is where is my spheres overlapping with like the vulnerable populations given to us in the Bible? Yeah. Where is it overlapping with people that need to know Jesus, the n- non-believers? Like yeah. th- those questions I think are helpful. Yeah. I think a good gut check in comparison with that, a good, a, another good accountability question yeah. to make it more concrete is if my life isn't overlapping mm-hmm. with people that aren't Christians mm-hmm. and the people that are vulnerable. Yeah maybe there should be some adjustments made in my life and, and yeah. going to community with the, how do I do that with wisdom without yeah. sacrificing the other responsibilities that I have, whether I'm married or single kids or not, whatever your yeah. life season station capacity yeah. is. Yeah. Um, how do you helpfully do that while still maintaining your God-given responsibilities? I think those are yeah. healthy questions to be asking in your Bible study. It's good. Um, but also like that is, that is making it hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think those are really helpful handholds there to to kind of bring that to greater perspective. Yeah, no, I love I love the question. I think there's a real opportunity uh, in the era in which we live, um, where where you can't assume mm-hmm. the gospel, you can't assume that people know it, have heard it, uh, understand it. There's lots of less church attendance in general, and not necessarily because there's less belie- people that are actually sincere believers, but just because Church attendance used to be a thing that more people in our culture did, and now they don't feel fresher to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's tons of opportunities. That's where I said yesterday, like, I think the rumors of the, the church in America dying are greatly exaggerated. I think there's really, right. um, I think there's a lot of really beautiful opportunity and difficulty too, but a lot of beautiful opportunity in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to require us to not assume as much as we probably think we can. Yeah, it's going to require us to be faithfully present and to to work hard to be yeah. relationally in places that'll be uncomfortable, that we won't receive affirmation for our faith. Uh, but I think that you know, to this we are called. To this, yeah. this is our this is us. That's how we own that without maybe getting lost in these broader theoretical discussions uh, of like what's the trends of the church right now. Right. And I, and I, I think you did a, a good job yesterday of, of kicking off this series and what felt like a, a punctuation point. I told mm. you this earlier yeah. um, to say, you know what, like I'm going to be committed to praying prayers of gratitude mm-hmm. for, for my, the miracle of my own salvation. Yeah. For the miracle of the salvation of people in our Bible studies, for the miracle of salvation of the people in our lives, for yeah. those faithful gospel ministers that totally. have passed on the faith to us. Yep. You, you quoted Jude yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, you know. A better coffee the, cup verse. The, <laughs> uh, the coffee cup, I'm, it compelled you to do some, you know. It did, yeah. The, the bones of Moses were calling That's to right. you. They're just that, always on the brand now. Um, but, like, I, I feel like we do have an opportunity. To push ourselves I, I, where we're comfortable, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm 
guilt number one guilty mm. seminary bible nerd mm. love to live in the theoretical and the commentary uh in the substance mm-hmm. but we can't live in the substance mm-hmm. because the substance like is important but until that substance takes root in our heart, kind of like the gospel takes root in this this culture of Colossians yeah. and all around the world and is bearing fruit and transforming us from the inside out to mm-hmm. then live out the substance, mm-hmm. we're missing the point. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I think for Bible studies this week, like it's important to talk about things like Christian nationalism and things that feel very loud. Sure. <laughs> predominant in our broader culture at large and even very loud here in central Pennsylvania, right? But um, at the same time, this text is calling us to practice gratitude. Totally. That's right. To be grateful, to honor, Mm -hmm. uh, to pray for each other, to pray for Christians that we know in our very own context, but also to pray for Christians around the world that are faithfully multiplying themselves uh, to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, and I take that for granted because mm-hmm. I know a lot of missionaries man, yeah, that are sure. that are doing that work around yeah. the world, and I get to hear stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't take that practicing of gratitude for for granted. That's right. Um, and I love what you said. I love that that was kind of you emphasized yesterday. Praying prayers of gratitude mm-hmm. is almost like a an apologetic against cultural loneliness. For sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. And. I think that's a good place to start with kicking off our bodies. Yes. Um, yeah. As we're all assembling back together again. Yeah. Um, these are these are Christians that you do know that you are that are flesh and blood in front of you. Yeah. That God willing become part of a community that we long for. And yeah. Rightfully. Yeah. And that's what I would say. It's like this week yeah. and celebrate your stories. Mm-hmm. Pray and express gratitude for God that yeah. we're here. Yeah. And that He's working. And there's still work to be done, but yeah. he's doing it. And he's doing it not just here, but around the world. Um, you live there more than you want to live in the theoretical. That's, and, yeah, exactly. and see what God does through this journey together in Colossians. Mm-hmm. It would be my challenge to uh, the people. Um, but on your yeah. end of the table, Matt, any yeah. other final no, thoughts? I think, I think that was well said, Jenna. I think that's the right place to be too. And um, yeah, I, that would, that would, be a wonderful way to relaunch your Bible study groups in this new, in this new semester and this new study is just to even get to share some of that gratitude for each other in that room, for your story. That'd be a great, that would set a great tone where we certainly want to share the hard things in life too. Yeah. Um, But uh, authenticity is both our our gratitude and joy and our heart stuff. And so even laying a foundation of authentic gratitude for each other is, um, it's a beautiful way to start. Yeah, I agree. So, really quickly, what resources yeah. are available for Bible studies? Yep. The uh, and we, I think we got a couple things ironed out yesterday. But on, uh, in your in your in Church Center app, in your group, in your Bible study group, kind of section of that app, there's a resources tab, and on in that resources tab, you'll find uh, a link to the uh, application questions for each week's sermon. It's one Google Doc. They're all kind of built in there, so that's there. Uh, in that same resources tab, you'll find this document that Pastor Bob put together called 10 Things to Know About Colossians. Just a good background summary uh, of the letter and some stuff that shapes what we'll talk about in the uh, in the weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, these commentaries, if uh, if those would be uh, helpful for you, uh, let us know or let your Bible study group leader know. They probably already have the short list that we sent them about a, a month or so ago. Uh, and then even linked in this week's uh, application questions, I'd mentioned like a resource between now and Pentecost to become a more globally minded Christian. There's a short list that the global missions team put together 
Yeah, you can find some it's a great there. Group. So and it's a great group. There's a great crew that does that for us here. I don't know um, anyone on that team. <laughs> Never been there. So those are some resources and yeah, we're off and running. So we'll be back uh next week to we uh to keep keep Colossians uh keep Colossians rolling. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for coming back after taking a, a brief hiatus from the yeah. B side uh and for trusting uh the B team. You guys did great. The, There's the J team, the B team. We got lots the, of teams. The, the B side B team uh, <laughs> to uh, hold down the fort for January. Uh, but I'm excited, man. Mm. I'm, I, and I'm encouraged for, uh, but also, you know, also like, man, like Colossians is hard hitting. So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm also ready to feel exposed there you in go. these conversations. And I mm. uh, am hopeful for uh, our church and the exposure that this book will do mm-hmm. um, and the joy. Mm-hmm. The gratitude, Thanksgiving, all the things that are going to be the byproduct of uprooting stuff and dealing with it together and yeah. rejoicing and, and honoring, but also weeping with those who we that's right. Um, excited for the fruit that's going to come because I, I, if it if it happened in Colossians and yeah. it's happening here, I'm pretty content to assume yeah. that God is going to do that work. It's good work. Um, we're going to get to celebrate that as He does. So yeah. Anyway, word. well, thanks guys for yeah. listening. Thanks for joining Matt. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.